Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This time on Homicide. I want you to tell me what happened that night. For years, Joanne Adams hoped her son would come home. When Ron called me, I could not believe it. We dug up uh, along the side of the garage. Ron was totally determined to see this through. After years of mystery, the arrest, discovery and charges came swiftly. I moved my chair over, put my arm around him. I think I've got him. Gary Adams, part two. I'm investigating the disappearance of 17-year-old Gary Adams. It's March 2011. He's now been missing for eight years. I've made the decision to formally interview his stepdad, John. By that stage, he'd moved away from Joanne and it was about an hour and a half from Melbourne, so we had to drive down there. They had a joint property in the country near Nyora. I said to John, I want you to come back to the police station. Uh, I want to interview you in relation to uh, Gary's uh, disappearance. He said, Ron, I can tell you now, I've got nothing to do with it, and I'm happy to come back with you. So the interview with John is one-on-one. It's all video recorded. I didn't have a table, it's just really a conversation. The table is a barrier to communication. I actually want to listen to understand. I want to walk in their shoes. Just sit back there, because I had to wind up. Oh, okay. Uh, Just... (laughs) I'm Andrew Rule, and I've been writing about true crime for more than 40 years. The thing about Ron Hiddles is he was never the tough guy, standover cop. He comes across as very sincere and, and quite gentle, which, to a large extent, he is. But underneath the velvet glove, of course, is the iron hand. And after manoeuvring uh, an interview subject around to a certain position, he would then start to ask harder and tougher questions. John, um, my name's Ron Eddles. I'm one of the senior sergeants from the Homicide Squad in Melbourne. Yep. Uh, my job is to reinvestigate the disappearance of Gary Adams, who went missing back on the 5th of December 2003. Rather than question, answer, question, answer, the first thing that I say to John is, I want to take you back to the 5th of December. 2003. I want you to tell me what happened that night. This is your time to now tell me your story. Take as long as you like. Uh, Gary, <clears throat> Gary was working well, at his bike uh, up in the, um, said that the chain had broken. 
Gary um, told me not to get anything prepared for him, for tea, uh, that night. Did you see Gary leave? No. Did Gary tell you where he was going? No. So on that night, when he's pick, fixing his bike, did you at any stage have an argument with him? No. Did you have raised words with him? No. Was there a disagreement? No. I think if you look across interviews, especially sometimes in serious offences, around 75% the direct question is never asked. So for me, if I'm interviewing someone, I'm going to ask three specific questions and they'll come out of the blue. Did you kill Gary? Do you want me to believe him? I would like you to believe it. Why should I believe him? Why should you believe him? Why should you believe him? Can't answer that for you. Did you kill Gary? No. Do you want me to believe you? <laughs> well, it's up to you. Why should I believe you? I don't know. Well, what I'm looking for there is really strong answers. I didn't do it. Why should I believe it? Because I didn't do it. But they're very soft answers. That doesn't mean that he's involved, but to me it gives me an indication that maybe he's being uh, deceptive. The other thing is that in your statement you say what you did on Saturday. Well, we've checked that. You say that you went to Ross and helped him build a shed. Ross's shed was finished on September 2003. So in December, you couldn't have been helping build a shed. His shed was finished. And he says, I don't think you come there. I want you to tell me what happened to Gary that night. Nothing happened to Gary that night. Well, what happened to him on the Saturday? I don't know who did see him on the Saturday. I want to show him genuine empathy. So I say to him, John, we're both grown men. There's nothing that two men can't work out. And that's the whole purpose of the day, is to sit here and work it out and to come to some resolution. And then I say to him, you've been in a difficult situation. You've been trying to bring up a child which is not your child. It's hard to discipline someone else's child. What I think happened on this night, John, is your emotions outrun your intelligence. This was a situation where, for whatever reason, Gary gave you the shits. It wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be, but it happened. And I really want you to share that story with me so that I can understand. This is not going to go away. It will never go away. There will not be one day in the last seven years that you haven't thought about this. Today is the day to talk about it. Today is the day to reconcile. Life doesn't give us a handbook. And sadly, I think we as a community, we failed you. You were doing a tremendous job. Very difficult, under difficult suit. John, you can't carry this. We need to resolve it today. This will eat you up and totally destroy you. I'm here and I'm prepared to listen. John starts to cry. I can see a tear roll down. I move my chair over. 
put my arm around him. I think I've got him. What happens? Don't carry it in, hey? Don't carry it in longer. Right? You need to deal with it. But all of a sudden it went like that. I've lost it. I just lost that moment. So what happened to him? Nothing happened. Gone. Nothing. But I could tell by sitting in that room that I honestly believed that he was responsible, but he couldn't bring himself to tell me. It's 10 to 10, I look at my watch. That completes this part of the interview. And as I said, this is an ongoing investigation and we will speak again. We finished the interview. Um, I said to John, well, I'll drive you all the way back, which is probably an hour's drive. We got to uh, the farm gate. And uh, I said, John, I'm going to be honest with you. You know and I know that you're responsible for Gary's disappearance. But right now, I don't have the evidence to charge you. It might be a week, could be a month, might even be 12 months. But I can tell you one thing, the next time I see you, I'll have some handcuffs and I'll be locking you up. He reached over and shook my hand. He said, thanks for that, Ron, and he walked away. The thing about Ron is, he's decided that this bloke's done it. And although he's maintained his innocence, Ron doesn't believe him. Ron stays calm. Ron was totally determined to see this through. So here I am now in a situation where I'm reasonably confident that he's done it, but how am I going to get there? I can tell that he wants to tell someone. History shows me that the killer always tells someone. You can't carry this. I'm here and I'm prepared to listen. I've now got to think, what's the strategy that I can use so that he might actually tell someone? So I wait about six months and then we undertake a covert operation using an undercover policeman. I can't go into the details of how they operate because it would jeopardise future investigations. Over the next four to five months, the trust grew between John and the undercover operative. They're trained very well. John had absolutely no idea that the undercover operative uh, was a police officer. And I would say that John trusted him uh, 100%. On a particular day, John says to the undercover officer, look, I've got to tell you something. I've carried a burden for the last eight years and I need uh, to tell someone I am responsible for Gary's disappearance and his death. But what he said to the undercover was that when Gary went out into the shed, he followed him out. What's going on? 
They had an argument. He said that Gary picked up a screwdriver and he said that he basically lost his self-control and in self-defence, he eventually killed Gary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't accept uh, that account. I think that's minimizing what John did. Gary was what I would call a meek, mild individual. I don't think Gary is capable of any violence whatsoever. John had absolutely no remorse. He's told the undercover how he actually did it, and that was with a hammer which was in the shed. He bashed Gary to death with a hammer. He said, then I uh, wrapped him up in a blue plastic uh, sheet, which was a pool liner from a above ground pool. And I locked the shed and I left him in there that night. Joanne came home and she'd asked me where Gary was and I said I didn't know. And I was cooking uh, spaghetti bolognese. And we sat down and we shared a meal together at the table. He seemed like normal John. Run-of-the-mill day, nothing out of the ordinary with it. got to say, cold, callous, calculating, but to be able to pull it off is extraordinary. I'm Joanne Adams, Gary Adams's mum. I would never have suspected him. It was only when it was told to me point blank that it was John that he even became suspicious to me. There was one time previous that he'd been violent and it was over money. But I never thought he'd go after Gary. John said the following morning, he went out into the shed. He unwrapped the plastic. And he got a hacksaw. And with the hacksaw, he tried to cut the body up. He said it didn't work that well. So he went and bought a small power saw and then in the garage, he cut the, the body up into pieces. 
So after he cut Gary's body up, he uh, put the parts in black plastic bags. The head is in a different bag. So the body is all cut up. Some of the parts he disposes at a tip. But the majority of the parts he takes to his mum's house, where he buries beside the garage. After John had confessed to the undercover operative, we had a predetermined location where he was arrested and he was brought to the homicide squad where he's going to be interviewed. Now, I have to get a warrant to actually go to his mother's house. This is the address we want to search for the remains of Gary Adams. In April 2012, I stood out the front here uh, with a search warrant. Sadly, I'm searching for the remains of a young 17-year-old boy that went missing on the 5th of December 2003. I'm thinking to myself, it's probably 3,000 days since Gary went missing. Am I going to be able to provide Joanne with some answers? Police late today started digging, looking for human remains. The house was totally overgrown with vegetation and trees. Then there's a big padlock on the gate. And we had to climb over the gate to actually go to the front door. John's mum was an elderly uh, Greek lady. She doesn't speak very good English, but she can understand that we're the police. Uh, we give a copy of uh, documentation. And from that point, we go around to the back of the garage where it's photographed first. You video it, and then the examiners start slowly but surely digging up, and everything that's dug up has to be sifted. Officers spent hours searching, digging and sifting in the former backyard of 55-year-old John Zapolitas. We dug up uh, along the side of the garage. And in that location, we found two or three bones, which were identified as human. They were later identified through DNA as bones of Gary. And the crucial thing was that we could show that the bone had been cut with a saw or something similar. At that point, I uh, rang Joanne to say um, John had been arrested and that we found the remains of Gary. And uh, ultimately, John had to be charged with Gary's uh, murder. When Ron called me, I could not believe it. That they got the confession out of him. It said to Ron, you're kidding me. And he said, no, I'm not kidding you. I think when you make that phone call, your heart is beating. At times it can be emotional. He was the one that cried on the phone before me. You could feel the emotion in him. It was very hard. 
This is a 17 year old boy, brutally bashed with a hammer, cut up with a saw, and this is his final resting place. He deserves better than that. John's taken to the homicide squad and he's sitting in an interview room waiting to be interviewed. And I recall my last conversation with him at the farm gate and I said to him, John, the next time I see you, I'm going to lock you up. So I walk into the interview room and this is the first time he's seen me since standing at the gate. He looks up and he just goes, Ron, you've done a great job on me. For years, Joanne Adams hoped her son would come home. Gary Adams was just shy of his 18th birthday when he disappeared from his Cranbourne home in 2003. But it was another eight years before his then stepfather John Zipolitis admitted to undercover police he'd bashed the teenager to death with a hammer. Journalist Andrew Rule followed this case closely. He's a man who has stayed friendly with the mother of the missing boy that he knows is murdered and dismembered. He's gone back to see her. He sees her grief. He sees her distress. And he still maintains this fiction and this charade. He is totally invested in covering up his part in it to the very end until Ron Idles and other police lift the veil. After years of mystery, the arrest, discovery and charges came swiftly. You are, to all intents and purposes, a callous, brutal and cunning murderer. John Expolitis received a total of 27 years imprisonment with a minimum of 24 years. And as the judge said, cold, callous, calculating, and John, you have shown no remorse. I've kept in contact uh, with Joanne on and off. She's moved on with her life. But the ironic thing is, and I don't think I could do it, she still lives in the same house. For many years, I couldn't work out why John did what he did. I think, though, he's one of those men that you can't break up from. Great in a relationship, the moment you say you want out, he then turns into a different beast. Here's a lady who approached me at a public meeting and all I could say to her is, well, I'll do my best and we'll go from there. but we got the ultimate result for her, which is very, very satisfying. If it wasn't for Ronnie Dawes, Gary's file would still be sitting in storage and I'd still be searching for answers. This is Homicide with Ron Idles, created by CJZ Productions. Location producer, Catherine Leddingham. Post producers, Mark Barlin and Anthony Griffiths. Edited by Philippa Rollins, Anne Kerr and Jeremy Mather. Original music by Amara Primero 
for Prime Accord Music. Audio mix by Simon Hicks at Cutting Edge. Executive producers Paula Bycroft and Andrew Farrell. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.